Hello, and welcome to the Human Entropy Podcast, a podcast where we can discuss the chaos, the adversity, and the triumph that is being human. I'm Felicia Parker, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm passionate about sharing the resilience I see in other people that inspire me to chase what makes me feel most alive. This is a place to be a friend, a place to encourage, and a place to challenge. This is Human Entropy. situationships that's what i'm calling them because uh, calling them a thing sounds just a little bit middle school yes juvenile well i think like i think it just depends on like how maybe how you guys how you meet you know if it, if it's a situationship i actually a great podcast that you probably already are aware of uh there's there's one that nicole's turned me on to called we met at acme uh, it's like an Instagram poll and then she does like a podcast and I don't remember her name, but she mm-hmm. does like a great job of like kind of exploring a lot of these kind of topics mm-hmm. and you should follow the Instagram cause she'll, she'll post like Instagram story polls. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting to see how people like vote cause she'll post like a uh, significant other starts. Like you find that you find out that significant other is looking up, x on instagram like is this a deal breaker yes or no whatever you know like stuff like that and it's like very interesting answering especially with like either you know a partner or or a friend whatever it is like just then just seeing how maybe differently like a question will strike you especially if it's like across like male female whatever you know how you identify like kind of that difference as well because obviously men and women have different opinions on what a relationship is and you know how you get to that point and stuff so i think a lot of it comes from from how you define it and then also like where you where you meet and like how you kind of get to know each other because I mean I think right now I've seen friends of mine that either were in long relationships and they ended before quarantine or whatever and now are kind of like trying to navigate dating mm. in a post-COVID world and it's like well it's all dating apps pretty much you know so it's very interesting I don't know. I don't know what that's like. I've never, I, I personally haven't done any dating app stuff, but mm-hmm. for as much shit as I give dating apps, like Nicole and I kind of met through Instagram. So it's like, what's really that different about it? You know? So. Yeah. But I mean, briefly you met. Yeah. It was a short thing, but and like she... weren't for Instagram, we wouldn't have connected, you know? So. Yeah. But she did what she had to because she saw you play. Right. Right, it wasn't right. like you found each other on Instagram. Right, exactly. I mean, it kind of it kind of was like a means to an end, but I mean, in a way, that's what dating apps are. You know, ideally, right. you're just using them to connect with people, and then you kind of go from there. Right. So, well, side note: Do you remember when I asked you if you would ever do dating apps, and you said nah, and then I said, yeah, me neither. I have it written down in my phone. Actually, hold on, I can find it. It's pretty funny what you said. I don't remember. I wonder what I said because I honestly don't remember. Okay. So I said to you, and I need to make this clear before I say this. I don't even have a problem with dating apps. People want to do that. That's great. But my personal thing with them is not. I would rather just meet by happenstance. I don't really want to be seeking that out because if it'll happen, it'll happen. So I told you, no, because I just prefer 
to meet someone organically, or I prefer organic. And you said, well, then you should probably go to Whole Foods. <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't, but that does sound something like, like a jackass <laughs> comment that I would say. Yes, That's you said great. it. Um, I, I, I could use that at uh, use that at open mic night. At comedy club? Yeah, I was, uh, there's a really funny part of Master of None. Have you watched that show? No. And I don't know, you know, where the whole Aziz Ansari canceled situation is. And, you know, obviously, I'd like, I, I think I remember hearing about how it was maybe not as like, it was more mutual than it seemed like kind of a bad breakup kind of situation. But mm -hmm. I don't know for sure. So I don't want to speak to that. But before all that kind of happened, like I loved that show and really watched the hell out of that show. Mm -hmm. And there's a part about that where they're like him and his buddy Arnold are on dating apps and like pop, they, they call it popping off high cuties. They're like, <laughs> saying like, Hey, hi cutie. Like, how's it going? Like oh, trying to be God. all sly and shit about it. In uh -huh. one of the the pickup lines that Aziz like comes up with is like, Hey, I'm headed to Whole Foods. You want me to pick you up anything? And it's like, <laughs> and it's funny how much it like it was working in the show. And so when I had a, a couple of friends that were like on dating apps and like trying to figure out like, you know, just showing me what it was like and just like the experience of that to me, it's all very foreign. And so I was just watching through their eyes, like what it's like. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just kind of suggested like, Hey, you should try this thing. And like from this show, I, th I thought it was super funny, like see what happens. And it was pretty hysterical, like how people were responding to it. Cause it, you could tell it was like enough of like a change from probably the regular conversation that happens on there. Right. Where it was like, okay, like if dating apps are just kind of like a place you kind of joke around and, you know, just kind of, I guess, get back out there, so to speak, like, mm -hmm. okay, I, I get it. You know, I get, I get why they're effective and stuff. And there's, there's plenty of people that have found real connections from that. So mm -hmm. it's just the world that we live in. I mean, everything's online, everything's on your phone. I get it, but I'm with you. I think the best way truly to meet a good partner is to, Number one, you know, be ready for a good partner. So know, know yourself and know what you need. Yeah. Uh, but do what you like to do. And I think you're bound to be around people that are like you or have things in common that you could potentially like be with if you're out doing what you like to do. Like, yeah. I think if you're, if you're into climbing, like go climbing. Yeah. And you're bound to probably meet somebody that you might be attracted to that also is into that. You don't need to be into something like that. But I think going to places that like attract all kinds of people aren't always the right move to like find love, like a bar or whatever, but maybe right. on like a very specific bar that's like very much you and meeting mm -hmm. somebody there. That's a different story. Yeah. And obviously things are, you know, that's not necessarily easy to do right now. So no. and dating apps, I get it. I don't want to. Are speak. you on them? Are you on them? Are you using them? No. No, no. And again, no judgment if anybody's doing that. But yeah, I, no, the answer is no. <laughs> I'm, I feel like the most ready I've probably ever been in my life to like let somebody in my life and yeah. let them have a place and let them give me a place as well. But I am not actively seeking that at the moment. But I do feel like, I almost had to go through situationships to get to this point because yeah. you actually learn a lot about yourself in situationships. You do. When you think of situationships, what do you take away from who you became through each one? I think you just think about, it's something that Nicole's stepdad says that I think 
we both kind of joke about because we think about like you don't really know what it means but you kind of know what it means where he says like you're one larry away from like you know whoever the person is going to be that you'll be one larry away which he i guess he just used to say that to her you know and it was it's funny now because it's like (laughs) her and i are like super you know we're a lot we're locked in like we we it's it's a perfect fit so it's like Mm -hmm. it's funny thinking about that and so I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think you just learn, think about all the things that you go through that have nothing to do with relationships mm-hmm. and how much you learn from those things, especially when you don't get what you want, right? Yeah. Like think about the times where you get let down and it's frustrating. It's all the different emotions, but if you would have just gotten it that easy, you wouldn't have like, it wouldn't have meant as much. Yeah. Uh, it's like the way I equate it to, in, in some senses is like uh, the feeling of like what it will be like to play Red Rocks one day. It's like, we just out and played it like it wouldn't mean it as much but right. if you struggle towards that which i mean nobody likes to struggle it sucks but it makes that that end that much sweeter and i think one thing that her and i talk a lot about is about this timing you know and mm-hmm. how timing is huge um if her and i would have met earlier who knows you know may not have been the right time for for either one of us we may not have been in the right headspace may not have been in the right you know, whatever, we may not have been ready for something like this, but I think when we met and how we met and and where we're at now, like is such a testament to timing. And so I think hearing you say, like, I think I'm the most ready that I've been, that's, that's a good sign. Like, that's a good sign that like timing is kind of on your side. Um, I'm one Larry away. I think, yeah, exactly. Like, I think that's a a funny way of thinking about it where it doesn't have to be like a serious, you don't have to like so hard on yourself about situationships and stuff you know it's like you learn you you live and you learn it happens very true that was a great lesson from chase well done we don't have to get into it Ooh, but you're done with your whiskey maybe we should tell me your thoughts on this political year thoughts on the political year yep Um, 2020 it's an election year what do you think about everything that's going on right now that's madness i think that it's a perfect time to finally, I think like, I think a few things, but I think right now as it seems like it's not the right time, that's when it's the right time. Mm. Like these kind of issues, you know, injustice, uh, the inability for like protection of human rights and that, and that's specifically like relating to race. Like, I mean, it's not, it's an uncomfortable topic. So it's like, it's, but it shouldn't be, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, mm-hmm because it's like the wrong time to do it because of all the stuff that's happening. That's why it's the right time. It's like, there is no right or wrong time. Like it has to happen now. It should have already happened. You know, like I think a lot of people are trying to figure out like how to navigate that, like where they, where they exist in the argument. And I think like, I see a lot of posts and information from, from people of color talking about how, you know, the way that you can be an ally is not to be, you know, don't, don't be, just not racist but be like anti-racist you know Mm -hmm. like call people out for being the way that they are like challenge people to get better to be better like um stand up for for you know black black causes and and uh indigenous people like of of america and and you know things that maybe have nothing to do with your upbringing your life like if we if we truly are the the land of the free home of the brave you know we should have the ability for like that to exist to everyone because it's you know, it's funny how so many people, the sort of challenge movements like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, 
bring up the constitution it's like well when the constitution was written the the writing that's in there was not not including people of color it was not including women you know mm-hmm. it was including white uh men mm-hmm. uh of sound body and mind and you can debate a lot about the people that were of sound body and mind that were allowed to do the things that they were allowed to do so yeah i think what i love about this generation the kids that are younger than us that have kind of pushed everything is the fact that like you can't hide in the shadows you know it's a lot harder to get away with shit like people are people are kind of fed up and it's i think it's you know i think about the 60s and how much change happened during then and that's kind of what people always kind of go back to like oh well like i was against like vietnam and this and that it's like well great well that that was years ago like what do you like stand up now like what do you believe now yeah um and i think our our younger generation is the most like for to kind of go back is the most woke like it's amazing how gender fluid we are and how accepting people are and how like you know i think there's a criticism of that where it's like this hypersensitivity which is sort of like a byproduct of that mm-hmm. and i think there are aspects of hypersensitivity that can be bad but i think if if the main outcome is that everybody feels equal like i can put up with like people being hypersensitive you know about issues and stuff like that i think you do draw a line at times but if ultimately it leads to uh, the greatest good for the greatest amount of people that you uti- like utilitarianism approach, then like, shut up. Like let, <laughs> let for once everybody feel like they have a place in this world and not just white, you know, white men that can vote, you know? Yeah. So I think it's, it's a lot though. Cause when things change, it freaks people out, especially sure. people that have never been affected by issues like myself. Like I'm very, I know I'm privileged I, and, and I, try to educate myself and I try to be an ally and and do the best that I can. And I can always do better and and learn from, you know, the people out there that are more knowledgeable about issues than I am. And, but I, but I know that like, I'm willing to change, you know, and like push forward and stuff like that. And I think so many of, of people our age and younger and and a lot of people that are older than us too are very much on, on board with that but it's so divisive right now. It's like such a political strategy. And Mm -hmm. it seems like if you're with one person, you have all these other aspects that you're like, okay, well then if you think this, then you have all these other characteristics that kind of put you in a box, you know? Yeah. I will say that's one thing that I'm struggling with is having political eyes. Yeah. Cause I don't think I let myself ever have political eyes before. And it, I don't like things that are limiting. Like, I don't like, is that the word I'm looking for? Limiting? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Limiting. I don't like when there are limitations. sounds like levitating. (laughs) Right. I don't like when there are limitations on. Yeah. I don't like putting someone in a box. I don't want to be put in a box. Kind of like saying, uh, you know, if you're a four, then you are always this way. Like, if you're talking about Enneagrams, which I know you love, it's like, you can't. I do love it, but I do hate it too. Well, there you go. It's like, because it's not an end-all be-alls. It doesn't right. no. describe you, but that's the hard part about politics right now and our instant access to information. It's like, well, if you believe, if you follow this, this, you know, support this person, then you're all of these things. And that's, you know. It's, it's just, just, I think the, the reason I hate it is because I don't like division. Yeah. 
especially when it gets heated and ugly and evil, I would dare say. And I also feel like that is not a representation of what we have all been told America is supposed to be is equal for all. And I also hate that basic human rights being allowed to have the same access to one particular dominant race, like, or you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. something as basic as being allowed to have healthcare because you are a human. Yeah. I hate that basic human rights are made political. I don't like those are up for debate. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, that's just kind of the society that our world is and it's specifically American. It's, and you know, it's like we are a political society. So it's like those aspects are going to be politicized and used against you and used for you. And mm -hmm. it's, I don't know, it's, it's just so complex that it's, there is no right or wrong answer at times, like with, with issues of race and like injustice with police brutality, like there is a right and there is a wrong answer for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's much more like cut and dry. But when you're talking about certain aspects, you know, like as dense, it's like why speech classes don't want you to write a persuasive speech on like gun control right. or on abortion or yeah. on, you know, the sec, you know, like, uh, or even on like UFOs or whatever, like these topics that are like debated and that are, there's like two sides and there's no middle ground and it's a complex issue to mm -hmm. where you just can't, like, it's not that you can't decide a solution, but it's like, people have tried for years and years and that doesn't mean give up but it's right. like there are a lot of ways to look at it and there's a lot of there's a lot of potential outcomes but i think ultimately like you've got to look at it as a human being and and less of like a democrat or republican or independent or or you know libertarian whatever you want to be mm -hmm. um and look at it more of like how am i treating my fellow citizen of the world and and yeah. you know it's like we're not even we're talking specifically right now a lot about race and and there's there's so much that we need to do like i'm watching you know the nba boycotts and how much like sports are now so political which i know a lot of people hate but like personally i really think is awesome because it's like they have a platform it's kind of the reason why music has always been so political because it's it's a platform and a mm -hmm. lot of people get pissed off at that and a lot of people like love that you know and mm -hmm. some people are kind of like in between but I think it's interesting seeing like how much of, of our world is, is changed in that sense. Um, so I don't know. I think it's, I think it's really good progress. And I think we are again, always getting better, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I hate the division too. It sucks. Yeah. It's terrible. This is my, that's my first time talking about anything political on wow. a podcast. I am by no means an expert at all. I, I do follow politics, but I would admit I am not a, not a good good source always for politics but i like to i like to keep and keep up with it mm -hmm. i would say the same thing about myself but i am very hungry to know as much as i can yeah being educated or learning yep is very important to me great book that you should check out if you want is called what you should know about politics but don't by her name is Jessamine, so it's like J-E-S-S-A-M-Y-N. Okay. Conrad, I think. It's Sweet. like 15 bucks on Amazon. I have been on the elections chapter for like two months because it's so much to take in. Yeah. And it's a nonpartisan. Like it does not swing one way or the other. It just literally says what each party believes about each topic. It's great. Cool. Highly recommend that. 
that that's not a paid sponsorship. I'm just giving everyone that for free. Nice. And then, okay, this is, has nothing to do with politics. Did I already text you this? Have you watched Down to Earth? Uh, I watched the, Nicole and I watched the first episode where they go to okay. ice. Do you think that you are him? You guys are the same person. <laughs> I was watching it. I was like, this is Chase. I feel like I'm watching my friend on TV. That's but cool. it's also Zach Efron slash Ted Bundy because he plays Ted Bundy. Yeah, that was I, that whole fascination was odd. You have you seen uh, um, Falling for a Killer? I'd follow you into the dark, or whatever that song. Uh, that's I'm thinking of the Death Cab song. Hold on, <laughs> Patton Oswalt's late wife. She died um, a few years back, mm-hmm. um, but it was his first wife. She was like an amazing journalist. She was kind of one of the early precursors to to crime like podcasting she had like a crime blog okay. before podcasting was really a thing i gotta look up what it because i always forget what it's called but nicole and i watched the first episode her name is michelle mcnamara okay and she there's a show on hbo that you would love so she was just like a you know great crime journalist and she wrote this book and kind of it kind of started the the reopening of the case into the golden state killer mm-hmm and it was one of the reasons why he kind of got caught and pulled pulled back in because they like reopened the case due to her, like all of the research that she put into this case, like interviewing all these like surviving um, victims of, of his crimes and stuff. And uh, the show on HBO is called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It's so it's so good that like in the second episode, like Nicole and I were watching it and she's like, we were like in the living room, like later in the evening watching it. And she was like, I we got to turn this off. Like this is, cause it's like, it's very, it's, it's very humanizing. Like you relate to the, to the way that she's telling this narrative, like how, how she like empathizes or, you know, sympathizes with these people that go through this horrific, because I mean, you know, I'm sure, you know, obviously knowing you, I know, you know, a little bit at least about the Golden State Killer and how he would like meticulously stalk and, and, you know, derive evidence of like their their lives and like scheduling and stuff and it was it's just incredibly incredibly creepy and so Mm -hmm. just a it's just i think those aspects of of exploring humanity on like the that side of things on like the bad side the very twisted side of humanity is Mm -hmm. it's fascinating it's equally terrifying and it's like you really grow to appreciate like people that are are inherently good yeah how did we get on that topic just because you you brought up uh, like what you've been watching and what you've been reading, and I was like, oh well, if you're saying you should read this, you you gotta watch that show and and read that book, really. Yeah, I will gladly. I read thirty books last year, and I have read six this year, which okay. you know what? There's no shame. It's fine. It's not like a competition against myself every year. One day, one day at a time. One page at a time. You're right. It is one day at a time. But I have to say, I'm disappointed in myself given how much free time I've had in a quarantine. And I did not read. And I didn't finish a single book in the two months that I quarantined. I'm like, really? It's well, fine. I read a book that I should not. I mean, I don't know if I shouldn't have read, but I read. Uh, I remember in high school, we read parts of the grapes of wrath mm-hmm. which is such an odd choice for me to read but i was like it's quarantine i should read some classics that i haven't read i love steinbeck though was it good 
it was awful why horrible i mean the book itself like his writing is amazing like yeah he's a great writer. i get it he's an incredible writer he can make the most boring story so descriptive and you're there you can you can see it all but the book just and i mean i don't know if you're gonna read it but it's very long number one and there are a lot of moments where pun intended i mean it's the dust bowl so it's it's very dry the the writing has moments like that okay but the ending is just so out of left field and it's just kind of weird, you know? Okay. Just- well, that's how I feel about The Stranger, which you made me read last year. Yeah, but see, that book is like way shorter and it's also a French absurdist novel. So it's all about that. It's, it's not supposed to make sense. Okay. But in my defense, you did not tell me this man was an absurdist before I read it. That's true. So and I'm, I'm reading it. I'm glad that I did it because it, it proved the point of like, why people read it in high school. It's like, this is absurdist literature. Like, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything and it's not supposed to mean it. And you're just like, what? This doesn't make any sense. That's how I felt about it the whole time. I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, and what? that was not required reading in my high school. Oh, well, I'm Which glad is... that it wasn't because that book kind of sucks. Yeah. I'd have to reread it But now, you though. talked it up like it was an amazing yeah, book. Well, because I think you got to read it because I think it's amazing because it makes you angry. You read it and you're like, this book but you know what that's kind of that's sometimes that's kind of the point of the grapes of wrath like i appreciate steinbeck's writing and then i read 600 whatever pages humble brag and i get to the end i'm like this book (laughs) 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 that is how i felt about the stranger though because i did not deny good writing excellent yeah Yeah, albert camus he's a great writer for sure yeah, but um, you're definitely an absurdist, and I, however, am not, and I am really noticing that I'm not by reading your book that literally has no meaning, and I, I think it's disappointing that there was just no point to it, because it was an intriguing story. Yeah. Like, you're it sucked in, in, and you yeah. want to know what's going to happen, and then what happens, happens, or lack thereof, and you're like, I just wasted... Yes, only 90 pages because it's a really short Very book. Very short. It's but a short story. I, I don't think I'd been so mad in reading a book. I so read another book on. that I hated too. I love Kerouac. Like yeah. many, like I think a lot of people that identify with like poetry and trying to like, you know, learn more from poetry, like love Kerouac because of how poetic he can be and how like he kind of rambles in a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So the way that he would write a lot of his manuscripts were like in like a booze fueled, just like no editing kind of Hunter S. Thompson vibe. But I read a book his that I'd wanted, I had wanted to read for a while called Big Sur. That was just awful. I hated that book. Why was it awful? Because it was like so manic. Like it was, it was kind of around the time when Kerouac himself was having a lot of manic issues and a lot mm-hmm. of problems with alcoholism. In the book, it's in see, like that's I think the point of like the art versus the artist. Yeah. Where it's like the artist is is the art, you know, and so like the art is gonna be influenced by like what the artist is going through. Yeah. And the book like has a lot of cool scenery and like Kerouac was always really into Buddhism and there's a lot of like philosophical questions. But then at the end of the book, like probably the last thirty pages, he has like a manic breakdown and it's super depressing and it's really like hard to follow and you're it's just kind of like all over the place and then he kind of comes back to himself he's like oh like well and then the trip was over because like it's basically like he goes to this friend's cottage 
out off Big Sur, off of Highway One, or I guess whatever it is, mm-hmm. to get away from everything, from all like the boozing and and these you know big parties they were doing and stuff, and kind of like go off and get inspired, like seek inspiration again. And he has a little bit of that, but then he decides to invite everyone there because he's like, oh, I'm you know kind of lonely and bored, and so he brings people that are you know, like toxic sort of, and he just has this freak out. And then he mm. finally calms himself down and like everybody's kind of looking at him and he's like, well, you guys want to go back home? <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, what? It was, it's very weird. And I, I love like the Dharma bums, of course, On the Road's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are parts of the Subterraneans that I liked. He's a great writer, but that book specifically, I was like, this, oh, I hate it. I just felt weird after reading it. Which is good. I like books that that are like that. It's, you know, now that I can choose to read whatever I want, mm-hmm. you know, and you're not forced by a curriculum, you can decide whether you want to like or not like something instead of being mm-hmm. like, oh, I hate this book because not only do I have to read it, but the book sucks. It's like at least like the only time that I'm wasting is because I decided to waste my time. <laughs> but I don't think that's a waste because I'm glad that I read it. And I'm like, I'm glad that I know at least a little bit about it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how this popped up on my Instagram feed, the Explore page, but I have been watching BBC Radio 1 has this show called Unpopular Opinion with this really catchy jingle. They all share their unpopular opinions. I want to know, do you have any unpopular opinions? For a while, I, I, I didn't know about it until Nicole told me about it, but people eat their grilled cheese with ketchup. Yeah, that's definitely a Midwest thing. Yeah, she's like, you don't know about that? And I was like, that's disgusting. And then I tried <laughs> and I was like, all right, I get it. It tastes like tomato soup. I get I get where you're going with it. Uh, uh, but you don't like it. I do like it now, but at first I was like, what the hell? Like, no. <laughs> and I guess that was an unpopular opinion. We would, you know, we'd call these in the in the Waker world. What? Hot takes. Oh, okay. Let's hear some hot takes. I don't, this is definitely not a hot take of mine, but I remember somebody saying that the Beatles were spotty songwriters that couldn't play their instruments well. <gasps> I remember being like, damn, that's a hot take. <laughs> I like that it's called hot takes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, because it's like, are you sure about that? I don't know. Do you care if I use that? Like if I say hot takes instead of unpopular opinion? I I'll like give you credit. That. Hot takes is, I think it's. it sounds like it's something that's going to be a little... Gonna, it's gonna be poking people a little bit. Yeah. Buttons. Ooh, hot take. That's Texan. Whataburger kind of sucks. Sorry. I have heard that from many non-Texans. Uh, I've never had it. Get mad about that, but I'm not. I just I haven't had. I guess I just haven't had good experiences at Whataburger. I've never been like, whoa, that was amazing. Well, that is another thing I've heard is that they haven't had a good experience, and that added to it not being worth the hype or not living up to the hype. Yeah. Weirdly enough, mine have to do with food as well. I don't like whipped cream. I hate it. Dang. It's awful. Have you had homemade whipped cream? No. Ooh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I have homemade whipped cream. It's way better. It's, I don't like the texture. It's not the taste. The taste is fine. The it, texture, though? It's just, it freaks me out. I don't like it. And because of that, I also don't really like custard, so I don't like pie. Mm-hmm. Apple pie is good, but ew, pumpkin so. pie, gross, nasty. Yeah. And I don't like watermelon. Ooh, watermelon is, I get it. I think watermelon is a very difficult thing to eat. 
So I get why. I think for me, I would see maybe if that was your reasoning for it, I'd be like, okay, I get that. It's, it's not. Like that's not my reasoning. I feel like it has no flavor. Oh, you know, is, I mean, it is watermelon. It's I guess it's literally just water. water. Yes. Yeah. When you, um, you know, those, oh, this might be, you, okay. At Hobby Lobby, you can buy these, like, it's not memory foam. It's like these blocks of this, like seafoam green foam, but you can like puncture it. Like if you push your finger into this foam board, it's not like a Tempur-Pedic mattress where it just bounces back up. You have ruined yeah. And it's very gritty and grainy and like leaves this nasty residue. Oh, it, <laughs> it reminds me of those. It's like, why would I eat this? Ew. Yeah. And well, that's an unpopular pin. I get it. that because for me, texture wise, I, hot take, I hate tomatoes. I hate them. I do too. I like them in stuff if they're chopped up and all the Same. middle part is gone. Yep. But ew, people <laughs> that can eat them raw, that's just so yeah, good. Yeah, it's like the seedy, like, yeah. like. Ew, it's super yeah. like it's like mucus. It's gross. <laughs> Hate it. Mucus is <laughs> I'm, growing, I'm growing to like it more. If it's a fresh like grape tomato or whatever, like something that's like really fresh, okay. But if I like, you know, my experiences have been, you know, anything that's not hyper fresh, it's gonna it's I'm not gonna be into that tomato. Sorry. I agree. I don't get uh, hot take. I don't get why people think Bloody Marys are delicious for that reason. I think Bloody Marys are disgusting. I had my first Bloody Mary in quarantine with the girls wow. I was quarantining with. They made me one and Thanks. no, thank you. I'm yeah. good without it. Tomatoes, hot sauce, tomatoes. I'm not going to drink what I eat. I don't, I don't need to do that. <laughs> I don't want that. I agree. Something that I think is a guilty pleasure now. Oh yes. Trash television. I never really had an appreciation for it until uh, Nicole and I and, and some of the guys in Waker have gotten into Below Deck Mediterranean. Wonderful Bravo television programming. Bravo in general, it's got so much great trash television. They really do. Real Housewives to... Yeah. Wait, what's the show called? Because that's my guilty pleasure. By uh, you got, you're going to love it. It's called Below Deck Mediterranean. Okay. There's a season on live right now, but there's, I think there's five seasons already that are on Hulu. Okay. And it's just the best. It's all about these crew members on a super yacht and all the bullshit they have to deal with, with these like very finicky clients and like the the drama between all the people on crew and like they're like hooking up but they're like working <laughs> together it's just great it's the best way so it's like Grey's anatomy day. on a boat yeah when it's the best way it's the best way when you've had a long day to like be brainless and just relax but i think it's okay if if you use it as like a like you need your brain needs a release like you need to like chill and maybe that means that you don't do anything but like my mind is restless so sometimes you need like something to preoccupy it that has to do with nothing you know yes that's true but that's usually what i put the office on for well that's yeah so there's there's an example of of that you know that's that can be the same idea but that's obviously great television yeah that is not trash tv that is a hot take if you don't like the office you you i mean come on you might as well just pack up and get but okay, I like, I was entertained by Love is Blind. I did watch that in quarantine. What about Tiger King? Yeah, that one was where I was going next. I didn't finish it because I listened to the podcast about his life. 
before the show came out and I preferred the podcast because it was much more just, it wasn't for entertainment. It was for yeah, more informative. Yeah. It was getting behind what all he did that was not okay, especially I mean, to the animals. And you so that make that shit up, right? Like, yeah, no, you really can't. Unbelievable. Very unbelievable. I feel like this, we could also go talking about all night long, but it might be time to wrap it up. I'm at 7% now. That sounds good. <laughs> I'm just going to call it chase chat. Okay. Cause that's all that we did. There wasn't any direction. It was just chase chat. I'm so glad that we got to do this. I am glad that I got to see you and talk to you. I haven't seen you and I don't even remember when the last time I saw you was. And that uh, makes me sad. Think of when, to be honest, I don't remember. Probably seeing you at BP at some point. Yeah, I think that probably was last time. Probably when I was working there once. Yeah. That's so sad though, because that was a, a minute ago. That was many moons ago. Yeah. Ugh, awful. Okay, well, congratulations. You did it. You were the first guy on my podcast besides I'm my honored. stepdad. Thank you for all your wisdom and your insight and your phrases and a chill time. <laughs> keep calm and keep chilling on, man. If you like what you've heard and want to support this project, if you're streaming on Spotify, it'd be amazing if you could follow the podcast and download each episode as you stream them. If you're listening on the podcast's app, please give the show a five-star rating and it will help out immensely. Most importantly, of course, share these episodes with the people that you know. Theme song and audio production by Tip Frank. Podcast artwork by Sierra Scott, Lydia Massey, and Kinsey Maroney. I appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to this. Until next time.